Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast discussing entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Matt, Matt. Matt, what should people do? Swag YOLO, bro. Oh. Sorry, I got my hat on backwards. You got your hat on backwards. You had it on backwards the first time, too. Yeah, I I was able to contain it, but... Contain it? Contain it. I was able to contain it, but I had so much pent-up energy that I just had to burst out with a swag YOLO, bro. Wow, you didn't... You went a long time without devolving at all. Yeah. Well done. Ain't you proud of me? No, I'm going to do the whole episode in this accent. You're just going to have to live with it, mate. I, I'm happy to live with it. All right. See how far you can get with it. Well, don't tempt me. What have you been up it. to? Uh, I've been reading some comics a little bit. All right. Well, it might not technically be the correct interpretation. I've been reading, uh, I've read a graphic novel. Okay. Uh, the Autumnal. Autumnal? Autumnal. It one's going to be a really hard one to say with this accent. <laughs> I, I don't know how it's supposed to sound, so I'm just going to say the autumnal in my normal accent. Uh, yeah, uh, it's by... Uh, you can also cut this bit at any point if you want. No. 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 All right. No, not All in right. You've got me going now. All right. Uh, yeah, so the autumnal, it's... Uh, I don't even remember... Uh, what what company produced it? It's like a Vault or something. Vault Comics. Mm, never heard of them. Yeah, real off brand. Uh, I last time I went to the comic store, I was uh, well, I had my birthday reward, so I thought I'd go in and get me something. Um, that you got this with your birthday reward? Yeah. Did you get this seven months ago, or did you yeah. just now use your? No, you got it seven months ago. You just now read it. Yeah. I'm just sitting collecting dust for seven months. It's called the Autumnal, mate. I can't be reading it in the springtime. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so I read the Autumnal. Um, yeah, basically, I, I thought, oh, yeah, I like awesome. Cover art's kind of cool. It's like a girl and she's got like a vine coming out of her mouth. Okay. A little disturbing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, it's quite good. Uh, it's basically witches. But with, uh, you're familiar with Witches by uh, the Scott Snyder graphic yeah. novel? It's basically exactly that, but with uh, more pretty leaves. Oh, like on the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just the same book, but slightly different backdrop. No, it does some different things thematically toward the end especially. Uh, but the, the contours of the plot are roughly kind of similar. You really danced on a fi- uh, rough word right there, bud. <laughs> You almost, you kind of did say it, but. Yeah, I think Gage could be uncharitable with the edit there. (laughs) It's okay, it means something different down under. It's true. Literally only our country hates that word. Yeah. So basically, uh, it's, uh, the plot follows a a single mother and a nine-year-old daughter uh, after uh, the, the mom's mother dies. And they inherit her house, which is in the small town of Comfort Notch. Uh, Comfort Notch? Yeah. What a... Some of the more cynical characters refer to it as Comfort Crotch, which I find delightful. Okay. Uh, and so she goes back to clean up the house and uh, maybe settle in in the small town. New beginnings, all that. She's had kind of a rough life. Uh, get her daughter into a nice school system. And uh, it's, a, it's a town that advertises America's prettiest autumn on its little sign as you drive into town. And so uh, it's a nice, idyllic little small town with uh, creepy things going on under the surface. And uh, there are reveals along the way in sort of interesting underlying mythology. And it all connects into some interesting thematic ground. If not for the fact that it was quite derivative of witches, I would be wholeheartedly delighted with it. Who wrote it? It's a fantastic question. (laughs) I'm glad you have asked me that question. Uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and look that up? Well, I talk about the fact that the art is quite pretty as well. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know who did the art, but I imagine that's something you're going to find out for me in about 10 seconds here. Is it Daniel Krauss? Uh, it seems familiar. It's the Autumnal, the complete series. Yeah, they'd be the one. Gotcha. Um, I think it's eight issues, something like that. Um, it's a five out of five, uh, Vault. Yeah, Vault. V-A-U-L-T comics. Yeah, yeah. Vault. Uh, I realize when I say it like that, it sounds like volt, like the uh, V O L T. That's the, what I thought you were saying. Of electricity. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, uh, even setting aside the fact that it is quite derivative, that's it is, a lot of names attached to this book. It's it's a real solid book. Uh, I I quite enjoyed it. I think you'll quite enjoy it as well. At some point, yeah, it. It, it is awesome. So I suppose I'd be be lending it to you so you can read it at a seasonally appropriate time. Yeah, David Krauss is the writer. 
and then it's kind of hard to tell who is responsible for the art. Wait, maybe it's not. David Cross and two more. Uh, illustrator is Chris Shahan. Shahan. Chris Shahan. Never heard of him. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah indie. Pretty indie. But no, it's, it's quite good. They really enjoyed it. Cool. Let's see. Uh, I watched Halloween Town. Oh, Caitlin's been watching that. Yeah. The classic, classic Disney Channel original movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, rules don't matter in that universe, do they? Uh, not even slightly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have a spell for this. It's okay. We can just make one up. <laughs> you couldn't do that when you were stuck out of time? <laughs> I guess that's in the second one. Yeah, it's probably in the I've only seen the first one. So oh, far. okay. Um, uh, yeah, no, the first one's... I mean, it's, it's a campy 90s disney channel original movie you, you get what you're gonna get but yep. it's it's enjoyable for what it is it's uh fun cast characters and a bunch of really terrible monster masks but yeah it's kind of it's it's fun it's fun it's a good time um mark mothersbaugh did the music who you might recognize as the i believe oscar nominated composer for the school nominated for, nominated <laughs> that's how we say it down under don't question it mate uh oscar nominated i believe school for thor ragnarok what? Mark Moldersbach. I don't I thought we I, know who did but, Mark Mothersbaugh. Yeah, he uh, he was he was in a band. He was in a band in the eighties. And then he did the score for Halloween Town. You wanna know what else he did score for? In Thor Ragnarok? Yo Gabba Gabba. I know. Nice. Uh Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. The uh, Rugrats movie, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, it has not given me any big ones. It's not helpful, is it? So Go to IMDb, look through his whole filmography. It did 21 Jump Street. Oh, that's a real movie. The Hotel Transylvania. There's Thor Ragnarok. I'm not convinced Hotel Transylvania is a real movie. I think it's just <laughs> a, a marketing campaign. You go to the theater just... and they're just like, <laughs> have some popcorn, but you, you get your next No one's ever bit. actually seen the movie. We <laughs> yeah. just get like McDonald's toys of them and just ads for it and stuff. Yeah, it just doesn't exist. Just themed cereals. <laughs> Uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday, Rugrats in Paris, Lego Movies. Oh, nice. Pitch Perfect 2. Nice, I think. I don't think he did score. He may be in score. Because who scored score? <laughs> did somebody score the... Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, it's a uh, documentary about like scoring music, uh, like scoring movies and stuff. Yeah, no, he's probably. But given that it's it. about score, <laughs> scoring. Yeah, one would assume he pierces himself in the in that. There's Halloween Town. Yeah, he did, also did How to Eat Fried Worms, Halloween Town Two, Calabar's Revenge, <gasps> Galvin, uh, Alvin and the uh, Chipmunks. I must, I must say, it was quite upsetting seeing the title of Halloween Town Two before watching Halloween <laughs> Town One because oh, I was like, the whole time I was defeated. like, oh man, who's this? Who's this spooky? Who's going to be the villain? Who's this spooky guy? But I was like, oh, I actually know who it is because I know who's getting revenge in the second movie. Yeah, it's like it knowing episode three. The name of episode three before you started episode, watching episode four, and you're like, "Who's the Sith?" Yeah, except they don't use the word Sith. Oh shit! There, you're right. Do they? Uh, when do they first mention Sith? <coughs> Is it episode one? I is it Sith completely? I have an impression in the back of my head that that's the case, but I have all the words information because like YouTube, so. Yoda and Obi Wan definitely talk about like the dark side and vader and like palpatine as like yeah. being darth dark side users yeah but, like okay so on screen it's first mentioned in the phantom menace but it was around in a novelization of the original yeah it was first used in the rough draft of star wars with the first po- oh oh it was actually in the rough draft of episode four yeah okay but correct yeah, yeah yeah you're right yep yeah novelization as title with keyville and darth vader the dark lord of the sith interesting all right okay learn something new yep uh anyway halloween town it's quite a romp thoroughly enjoyed it never gonna watch it i won't say thoroughly enjoyed it but i, I enjoyed it have a couple beers eat some popcorn all right not, not a bad time uh let's see um i think that's most of the other things i have continued to watch uh rings of power house of the dragon and Endor. Endor's really good. 
Let's talk about Andor. It's really good. No final comments, given that it's over? No, it's not over. What? This season is halfway over. Are you serious? Oh, thank God! <laughs> I was honestly like, because like, the, the end of this episode feels like it could be the end of yeah. a season. Yeah. And I was like, that was so good. It was such a good, like, coherent story. Yeah. It had an end. Like, like we are halfway done, oh, mate. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Best news I heard today! The look on your face when I said it was only halfway done. If I could just, just <laughs> capture that feeling and market it, that would be pure liquid happiness right there. That was beautiful to oh watch. my god i'm so excited i yeah. i thought it was over because it's like no. what that was six episodes right yeah no they're doing two 12 episode seasons um where do they go from here because now it's because like they did the literally the whole thing of like the end of it being like well it's just getting started like that like yeah the <laughs> the game is on kind of <laughs> stuff and i'm like cool the next season's gonna be great well this it's kind of an artifact of how they structured it um, so Tony Gilroy, who is kind of the showrunner and the creator, um, and I talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but he's the guy who uh, came in and uh, saved Rogue One in the edit, saved the third oh, act. Right. Um, he is structuring it as basically a series of three episode chunks that could be digested as a single movie. I can 100% see that. Uh, which is a very logical way to do it. You get little self-contained arcs, but it sort yeah. of progresses throughout. And so, yeah, now I, I have some theories knowing a little bit about some of the Legends backstory about what could happen about the um, what legends backstory oh backstory got it <laughs> i mean i've been keeping up for the whole the whole time except for just big story big story <laughs> yeah it was um, like pens like pick big pens yeah big story yeah he goes oh. to a pin factory <laughs> and uh <laughs> that's what they spend all that money on is just a whole bunch of pens <laughs> yeah no uh yeah he's well because they've left the character thus far at a fascinating point where he's he's sort of materially invested in the rebellion because he's he's aligned himself with them and he's he's on the run, mm-hmm. uh, but he isn't like morally aligned with them yet at this point. Right. So he needs to get some sort of personal investment in it. And there's a lot of directions they could take that. And I think at some point they're going to tie him into some of the stuff that Mon Mothma has been referencing sort of yeah. off screen. I think they're going to. I am link loving into that. what they're doing with her. Oh, she's so good. Like, the fact that she's literally just, like, like, the, the family is not great. And I can't wait to see more of that. Like, because mm-hmm. as of right now, we don't know. We we can assume that they don't know anything about what she's doing Presumably. under the table. But, like, what if they do? And maybe they don't like that. Or, like, or do they, like, as we assume, just not like the Empire and her for being complicit air quotes with the empire and like participating in the empire like what's i want more of that family dynamic yeah now that they brought the daughter in like i didn't know they had a kid yeah she's a sassy teenager and suddenly there's just that sassy teen i thought you said sexy and i was like easy dude you got this sassy teenager is probably like 24 or something that's true uh, so I'm really excited about the Mon Mothma. It's gonna be really stuff. awkward if that actress is actually not 24. Time to Google it. Yeah, We're gonna find out if well, you're a registered sex offender yeah. now. Uh, no, not registered. I'm not registered for that. I mean, you're gonna get. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> this is gonna go on the internet. This is, uh, this Maybe is Gage can cut well. it out. Gage can save your life. <laughs> save me, Gage. You never piss off your editor. <laughs> uh, let's see. Andor. I need IMDb. IMDb. Yeah, that's what you need. Uh, no, but this. Uh, this is a perfect sort of mid-season episode where it's like it's a it's first climax, but there's a lot of exciting directions so i can take it from here yep uh but it it oh just beautiful episode yeah no i i don't even know it just massive masterfully executed heist mm-hmm. um gorgeous visuals with the eye yes it's something i really appreciated about this that i think feels like the same people that did rogue one is a lot of respect for just the the visual of the world like ab1 was a lot of just bland cityscapes and desert planets and rocks and mm-hmm. whatnot uh this feels like a universe and there's vistas and there's meteor showers and there's uh tie fighters roaring so low overhead that it shakes the ground it's it's magnificent you remember have... her name by any chance no pon mothma <laughs> <laughs> It's two's Mothma. They're all like abbreviations of weekdays. On Mothma, daughter. Uh, Lita. 
It's played by Bronte Carmichael, who is, wait for it, in Christopher Nolan, and also Game of Thrones. Oh, if she's actually 24, you owe me $100. She's Martha in Game of Thrones. I'm not agreeing to that. (laughs) In season eight. Okay. So, mostly forgettable. Wait. Except not forgettable. Game of Thrones, I thought Game of Thrones only had four seasons. (laughs) Six seasons in a movie! (laughs) It gives me everything about her. It gives me uh, birthplace, her zodiac sign. I have her body type, height, weight, hair color, eye color, and shoe size. But not her age. What is this? That's legitimately a little strange. It's it's like the fact that it's nowhere. (laughs) I'm becoming more and it's a Chinese finger trap for me. The less I can like, I mean, there's a bunch of pictures of her as a child, but also that's because what if she even if she's like 21, it's easy enough to find pictures of her when she's like 12. Yeah, well, if she's a uh, if she's in that Christopher Robin movie, that was like seven years ago or something, and presumably she played as like oh. a daughter. Oh, right, probably this one. Uh, probably uh, she's seventeen. Bronte, born two thousand uh, October twenty fourth, two thousand six. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. Okay, so it's All not right, it's so not seventeen. All right, so still not legal. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> the. F- the fact that we had to go, like, full investigative journalism. Uh, do you have such a low opinion of investigative journalists that you think they just sit around and Google things all day on the phone? Yeah. I mean, maybe the, the standard of investigative journalism you're using on TikTok, maybe, mate. I <laughs> <laughs> snap, boom, got them. All right. That was a long tangent. That is a long, weird tangent. Gage right is going to cut it all out. Yeah. All unnecessary. That's probably for the best. Yep. Uh, I'm excited to see more about that family. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Um Yes, the eyes. The eye was beautiful. Um The sets. Because uh, they're all practical. Yeah. Like Oh god. They put so much time and money into this show. Oh yeah. It shows and I we get six more of it. Yeah. Yay. And then twelve more next year. And twelve twelve more next year? Maybe the year after. Oh yeah. Okay, I thought you said I thought you were gonna say like they've already confirmed like released him. Like, um, they might have. Huh? They might have. I doubt it. It's possible. They're probably in production right now. Probably. Uh speaking of release dates, I didn't mention this in the news, but uh Dune got pushed up two weeks. Oh really? Dune two, yeah. What's uh, the date? Uh first weekend in November next year. Hey, I was about to say see the trailer. Yeah, no, cool. Um, we're almost a year out. Yeah, it's gonna be nuts. More dib, more more. I thought you said more dib. More dib, more dib. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else you want to say about Andor? Uh, I described it to someone this week as unreasonably good. <laughs> like <laughs> that's fair. It's a spin-off of a spin-off from a company that's not been having a great track record with its spin-offs of spin-offs recently. Yeah. And it's or made, even with its, its originals. And it's made by a guy that does not care about Star Wars that much. Yeah. And it is fantastic. It is quite the show. I have suggested it wholeheartedly to as many people as I can. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, Nate, I'll, I'll talk about... Uh, I think we should talk about Rings of Power and House of the Dragon when both have concluded their respective first seasons. And also I've seen the first, well, seen right, any of right. one of them. But this gives you a couple week buffer because yeah. finale just aired for uh, uh Maybe a Rings little bit because I just started something else that's arguably more important to me. <laughs> Fair, but it's, it's only eight episodes, mate. And there's like... Are they like hour long episodes? And stuff and they stab each other. It's fun. I it's may fun. binge it when Kaylin's gone this weekend. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's watchable. Yeah. All right. Um, good shot. But yeah, because we'll we'll want to do a, a nice compare and contrast to see who won the fantasy streaming wars of August 2022. Sure. On uh, both, we've got House two of more Dragon. weeks of Game of Thrones, right? Uh, House of the Dragon. Yeah, that's correct. So we'll watch episode nine this week, and then episode, episode ten next week after and then we'll we record. record. No, because it comes out on Sundays. Right. So we're recording this, this weekend. Week. Oh, with episode oh, nine. Episode ten's an off week. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm in town that next weekend. Uh, we'll make it work. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. 
We'll do a fun little compare and contrast. You get that to look forward to. Never mind, I am in town. Who won the streaming wars? We did. Because we got Andor. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I haven't seen Rings of Power yet. Also, how's the dragon? He's pretty good. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this freaking show. All right. Uh, I, my jaw dropped at, have you, are you caught up? Yes. Uh, my jaw dropped at a, you know, yeah, around and find out scene. <laughs> <laughs> the most glorious around and find out scene in all of cinematic history. I think you mean the most glorious. <laughs> <laughs> that, that too. I, my jaw hit the floor when that, like, I, yeah. I was not, like, I knew the find out was coming. Oh uh, yeah. Was not expecting that. <laughs> it's so good. Ah, quite good. Um, I don't like that the future of the kingdom is going to hinge on a sitcom level misunderstanding. That I also am like, ow, oh, come on. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I mentioned that to Hannah after the episode. We always do a little breakdown and talk about our thoughts and stuff. Yeah. And she was like, oh, it didn't bother me that much. And I was like, I wonder how Preston felt about it. And it's like, hinging no, real. No, I don't actually wonder because he's going to think the same thing as me. We have the same thoughts <laughs> yeah. on everything. <laughs> it's hinging real close on post-it note theory. Yeah. And I don't like a show this compl- complex. I, I'm i decided that I'm okay with it on the theory that the characters were kind of on that trajectory to begin with. Yeah, it's just kind of like just, a final, like, uh, yeah, last little, last little impetus, yeah. which I think is unnecessary. I think is badly done. Um... I think is indicative of some larger issues with the show, but we'll see how this season finishes out before yep. we get too deep into those weeds in particular. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, cool. Nothing else. Nothing useful. Time for my list of things. Get it. Uh, so I am, uh, it's that time of the year, which I'm going to make it an annual thing now, uh, or maybe a biannual thing. Cause I didn't do it last year. Uh, I'm reading the Mike Grell run of green arrow. All right. Started with Longbow Hunters, and I am uh, currently in Hunter's Moon, the first volume of the actual main run. God, it's good! It's... Nice. It, like... I mean, it's kind of the same thing with Andor, where it's like, like... It, Green Arrow was a joke when that came out. Like, mm-hmm. they had stopped running comics with him. This was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was just, like, a joke, like, with his gimmicky arrows and stuff. Like, did you ever read Longbow Hunters? No. Like, the... You I got You I, keep threatening to lend it to me, but I never actually got around to it. I'll lend it to you when we get home. <laughs> uh, so, like, prior to it, he was just a joke. Like, he had his punching bu- uh He's glove. basically Robin Hood with that stupid arrows. Yeah, and, like, they tried to do some, like, like get him gritty by having um, Snowbirds Don't Fly, which is when Roy Harper gets addicted to heroin. Um, and, like, that's definitely, like, nice. a grittier uh, on, story. But, like... Heroin, it's where it's at. Huh? Heroin is where it's at. Um, also in Herons. It's a good bird. Um, it felt out of place for him. And yeah. so, like, it was, like, well-received in isolation. But, like, it was just, like, he's still a goofy character. Like, why is this happening to Green Arrow? Um, and uh, Mike Grell was like, hey, I, I can't remember the exact story of, like, how he got hold of it. But I think, he, like, he came to them with, like, an idea or something. Or, like, they just gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just wrote this three... Each of the issues are 40 pages long, so they're, like, long issues. Like, basically three annuals. And they're long and long by inches, <laughs> ain't they, Mike? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, and uh, it's with him. It starts with him moving to Seattle, him and Dinah Lance getting settled. Um, Gross. Seattle. And they immediately have him, like, going existential on, like, like, I've lost what it means to actually, like, be a hero like i like i relied so much on these like goofy or these uh like these specialty arrows and stuff that like i've lost what it means to be a good archer and that is uh it kind of sets up the sets up shadow who is uh Mm -hmm. a girl who he then in the uh actual run uh interacts with a lot who is like the perfect archer uh, and so, like, it pairs him against her. So, um, Kate Bishop. Very different personalities. <laughs> Kate Rook? Sure. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> little chess pun for you there. It, like, it has him, like, questioning wanting a family. Like, like because he wants a family, but then, like, Dinah doesn't. And, like, it, uh, it's very reflective on what being a hero means 
having trouble shooting his arrows straight, is he? Yeah, I want you to die. <laughs> um, and it's definitely very gritty. Like, uh, but it's just like I, it's, it's just so good. Like Longbow Hunters on its own is just amazing, and you don't need to read beyond that. Uh, but then Hunter's Moon, uh, like when the line picks up, is also just equally amazing. Wonderful. Um, it basically like doesn't give you, it gives you a small mystery in the first issue that within that something happens that leads to the bigger mystery. But the bigger mystery isn't really, like, ex- exactly, like, talked about until the end of the second issue. Uh, but it all keeps you engaged actively, and, like, uh, it's just, it's so well written. And the art is just, it it's very uh, impressionistic, uh, which is one of my preferred visual art styles. Like, DBC. I hate it already. Yeah. Uh, but like my, like my visual, like what I like seeing paintings of are like very impressionistic Ah. where it's like, it's just a bunch of clumps of paint just spread on a board. But then when you zoom out, it's, it's like this really kind of, I follow this guy on TikTok. This is like, that that does these, um, these like cityscapes of New York that like, it's Ah. by nature of the way it's done makes it looks like it raining. It makes, makes it look like it's raining. Oh, it's um, cool. It's cool. I'll have to show you some pictures of the stuff like that. Nice. It's so cool. But like that, it, it gives me that vibe with mm-hmm. the art style. Um, so I'm loving it. It's great. I'm gonna lend it to you. You should. Anybody who's any has any interest in reading anything about Green Arrow, absolutely read Longbow Hunters. I have no interest in reading anything about Green Arrow. Uh, you don't have a choice. Um, yeah, it's, it's really fair. So that's that. Uh, I have also. Started playing Grand Theft Auto Five because it went on sale on Steam. Oh, I knew that. I saw you little, you... You little. I get a little Steam notification whenever you're playing something on Steam. Yeah, it happens at all times of the day. Don't question it when I'm should be working and I'm playing Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> I'm on there at ten in the morning and I'm just like <laughs> doing my doing my lesson prep or whatever, and I'm like, oh well, there's uh, Preston. He's playing Grand Theft Auto when he should be working. Definitely on the clock right now. Yep, I have definitely played Grand Theft Auto while during a meeting. Like, if it's a meeting, nice. I'm a fly on a wall, and I'm just, like, muted. I'm just, like, playing and listening. Um, so, Grand Theft Auto uh, is made by Rockstar. Same people who made Red Dead Redemption. Nice. Um, so, you've got a really engaging story with uh, lots of slow, meditative walks through nature. And um, there's uh, some horses. Kind of, yes. Which is wild. Okay, all right. So you have my attention. So this is something like this is something that caught me off guard when I started playing it because I had played Grand Theft Auto Four way back when I first moved here, like ten years ago, and like needs more of the wheelie wheelie steely automobile. Well, it's like I need to go back and play it because I don't know. Uh, uh but yes, it, I mean, so the characters are killers and thieves and stuff like that. Like, right. one of your characters goes on assassination missions and like just like Indoor. Did they assassinate? They didn't assassinate, did they? No. Oh, yeah. But they did. They do heists. Yeah. One of the main things you do is do heists and stuff. Nice. And these are all guys who are like known criminals and stuff, and you break cars and steal the cars and stuff like that. The 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 punishment for uh the chances of getting punished for committing crime in Grand Theft Auto is way lower than it is in Red Dead. <laughs> Literally, you like accidentally get on the wrong horse. In Red Dead, <laughs> someone will turn you in for a $50 bounty, which is a lot in Red Dead, unless uh-huh. you, like, made it really far, and you cannot get away with it by just killing somebody. <laughs> um, Honestly, they're pre- probably treating you pretty generously. Um, I've been reading a Western novel co- called Lonesome Dove. I'll talk about it a little more when I've finished. Okay. Uh, and uh, there's a minor plot point at one point that uh, horse thieves are treated about as badly as murderers in the Old West. Oh. So. Jeez. It's a bad thing to steal a man's horse. Yeah. Oughtn't to do it. Don't do it. Green theft horse. Uh, um... <laughs> But, uh, so, like, Green in Grand Theft Auto, the whole world is very crass. Like, everything's sex. Like so strippers. Everything. see the strippers. There, there's strippers everywhere. Like, everything is some, like, aggressive joke commentary. There's a, there's a company 
called Life Invader that uh, the the owner is literally Mark Zuckerberg. Not literally, his name isn't literally Mark Zuckerberg, but like, he's like making an announcement of like their new like Life Invader phone, and he's like, we've been stealing your uh, stuff for so long, now it's time to do something with it. Give us your like life information, like stuff like, like it's obvious, like just critiques on everything. Uh, It's never been a franchise known for its subtlety. Exactly. But like, if you do take the time to like... You've got your connections and your contacts, and there's, like, people that you can call and, like, hang out with. Mm-hmm. You get these little stories, these little fun stories of, like, what what's the deal? So you've got uh, one of the main characters, Michael. Uh, he uh, is in... Um, my voice has been getting really hoarse over this entire recording session. Green um, Thief Tools! <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's in Witness Protection Program with his wife, who cheats on him. Uh, and his two kids who were absolute spoiled brats. Like, they're, like, the rich, like, L.A. family. Ah, Because he made a lot of money because of what he did to get him in this protection program. Exactly. Um, and his son is an absolute deadbeat. Like, plays video games, smokes weed all day, and his dad, like, wants to Does he sound like anyone we know? Not me, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so, like, if you, as, like, one of the other characters, calls him to hang out, and you hang out, like... You start to get little bits, like I just did it once, and you start to kind of see if you, if I hang out with him more, like you'll start to see him kind of like talk about like why he hates his life and like things he like he's never had a job, but like that's not really his fault. Like he doesn't have skills; he was never taught yeah. by anyone because his dad was just a criminal yeah. who made a bunch of money and then yeah. never had any life skills or anything. And so like this kid, <laughs> like it, like you start at the face value is just this deadbeat, but like you actually like get these characters so you can take your time to do that. Or you can just play the grand theft auto game that everyone thinks of and just go murder people and hold up stores and stuff. And we're so fun in that. I mean, you can get you fixed doing that in real life. <laughs> play video games for the content. Um, and so like, honestly, I was getting really surprised by the story. It's already telling. I'm like only, I think 20% into the main story. Uh-huh. And like, I'm already genuinely really interested in what they're going to do with this. Like there's, uh, so you do a thing, you do a heist, and, like, Michael, uh, you're playing as him. You play as three people. You can alternate between them okay. at any rate. I think that's actually what they're going to make Gotham Knights like. Michael, Jason, and Freddy? Uh, uh, Michael <laughs> Franklin uh, and uh, uh, not Lester. Why am I drawing him? It starts with a T. Trevor. Trevor. Were you guessing or did you actually know? You'll leave it find out. Oh, God. I, have you played Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> uh, yes, it's Trevor. No, I'm, uh, I'm familiar with the character of Trevor's existence within the game. Okay. I've not played he's, the game. He's the very, like... like he's the, yeah, he's the wild and crazy guy. Yeah. Uh, he has little side missions called Rampages where your screen just goes red and you just murder a bunch of people. No, nice. Again, it is Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> it's just a typical Wednesday for me, though. <laughs> um, and so, like... Trevor and Michael used to work together eh. prior to the thing that made Michael go into witness protection program. You don't, eh. I don't know exactly what, if like it's, it can be quickly assumed because the thing that made him like that they worked together, the last mission they did was the prologue. Uh-huh. Like you did that. And then Michael got shot and told Trevor to run and Trevor ran. Uh-huh. And so I think like you can kind of piece it together like what it is, but I think they have to still explore that. Um, but wow, I'm getting very hoarse. This is. This I don't is know if we're going to be able to talk about Daredevil. <laughs> we can talk about it next next time once I've finished season one. Okay, it might be more appropriate anyway. Yeah. Um. Wow. <laughs> this is gnarly. Uh, you want to sing basic chitch? This tomorrow? is what it sounded like when I was like <laughs> in the middle of COVID. Like this is what my voice sounded like. Nice. Uh, I was singing. I was, I was getting really creepy. I was like, hello. <laughs> She's like, <"Stop." laughs> so I want to read something real quick. Okay. Um, it's a little bit of a long read, but I need you to bear with me. Um, <sighs> nice. So when I went to do a little hangout with uh, Michael's son, who is the yeah, uh, with, I uh, hang out. I went with him with Franklin. Okay. And so when you do hangouts, you can do a number of things. You can go to a strip club, you can go to a bar, you can go to a movie, you can go play pool or something like that. There's a bunch so of real life activities. Basically. Yeah. Uh, and I chose to go to a movie. I was like, let's see what this is like. Like they had like little fun little movie clips in uh, Red Dead <laughs> because it was the late 1800s. So all they yeah. really had was like the quick little things. Yeah. And so I was like, let's see what goofy shit movie they have. <laughs> 
Capilavaro mostly references 1960s modernist European cinema, often parroting the exaggerated and sometimes incomprehensible direction found in the genre. It is most distinguished re- its most distinguishable re- influences might be from Federico Fellini's Eight and a Half and Ingmar's Bergman's Persona. The slow-paced, meticulous black and white cinematography, the use of seemingly disjointed dream sequences as an introduction, and the reflections on the nature of cinema, a major theme in both movies, are also explored in Capilavoro. Capilavoro was the short film that I watched in Grand Theft Auto. Oh. The two intervening women might also be per- references to Elizabeth and Al- Alma in Bergman's Persona. The use of horses as uh, recurring symbolism is likely a nod to Dragovsky's uh, Andrei Rublev. While the film mostly satirical is, is mostly satirical towards modernist cinema, Capilavoro also presents some philosophical and psychological themes, mostly surrounding the concept of anima and animus in Carl Jung's analytical psychology. In his work, Jung defines the anima as the unconscious fem- feminine inner personality of a man, uh, much like the mysterious, mysterious woman that Antonio listens to during his dreams. This is further explore, uh, this is further re- reinforced by her occasional embodiment in the form of a mime, suggesting that she is merely an imitation of Antonio's subconscious. Jung states that the contact with the anima is a masterpiece, hence the name of the film. The latter, Antonio, is frequently seen climbing, uh, is frequently seen climbing, can be interpreted as a reference to Jacob's Ladder, perhaps representing Antonio's psychological abs- Antonio's psychological ascent to his anima. The women's first line in the dialogue, Freud has a lot to answer for, directly references Freudian psycho- psychoanalysis and its divergence from the aforementioned Jungian psychology. That's a short film in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> like, like, I walked in and I was like, let's see what this is about. And it's like this black and white, like, really, like, cutting between two weird things and people are saying shit. And I'm like, like, I started, like, paying attention. <laughs> I'm like, I... I am not following, but I can tell that this is like, this can't not be insanely (laughs) provocative. And like the video, like is literally just like Grand Theft Auto four clips. Like it's actually, I think they said, uh, the clips are from like older GTA games and Red Dead (laughs) Revolver, like the original Red Dead game. Uh So they're like really bad animation. But, like, there's this, like, French over-dialogue like, going on. <laughs> and I was like, this has to be, like, really provocative. This has to be some, like, one of the creators was like, I have this really absurd and, like, artsy f- short film. <laughs> one of the producers went to film school and was really bad and never, like, got to actually make anything on his own. But he somehow got to teach the video game industry. And so yeah. she's like, I'm putting my art out there. It's... <laughs> Uh, it's the choice between a, a virtual strip club and a virtual movie theater, but my goodness, this is my art, and I'm going to put it out there. It was I, I, I was flabbergasted by what I was watching. <laughs> I was genuinely expecting some like um, Saints Row, yeah, like level like superhero movie that's just like absolutely gr- like the boys, but like less yeah. good, like somehow. Ugh. I know, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting some stupid thing that, like, wasn't actually intended to be good. And then I just get this, like, anima animus Jungian psychology commentary (laughs) using modernist art styles. And I'm like, ah! (laughs) Referencing Fellini and Bergman? Yeah. What is this, a Just Us Losers episode? (laughs) Oh, my God. That's not even true. I've only seen ever one Bergman movie. I don't think I've seen any of them. I've heard of them, and honestly, I'm a little scared. Yeah, I watched the Steven Seal when I was in high school. It was uh, it's kind of strange. Yeah. So. It was important to watch it, though, because the, the, there's a reference in Bill and Ted's, uh, whatever the sequel's called. Bogus? Bogus Journey. Uh, that's right. Because um, uh, uh, one of the main recurring elements of the Steven Seal is this knight is playing chess with death. And when the game oh, ends, okay. it's, it's basically for his soul. Uh, and so in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, they play Battleship with death. Nice. In Twister. Nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's GTA Five so far. Like I'm, I'm doing the same thing. It's it's a lot harder to do it with this game, where you y- you kind of have to cut through the crass to see the genuinely well crafted game. 
Like, yeah. I mean, the mechanics are and everything are obvious to see that, like, this is well-crafted and stuff, and it's a lot True. of fun, and the missions and things are, like, as, as fun as uh, Red Dead, but, like, it's... If you go into it expecting what you think of when you think of GTA, that's what you're going to get out of it. But, like, there is so much more to that game than meets the eye. I don't know if that stands. The reason I said, like, I don't I don't know if that stands for previous games. Sure. Because um, GTA 4 came out, I think, in, like, the early 2000s or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know GTA very much. Um, I Honestly, I only got this game because I've heard nothing but good things about it. Good like, things about GTA. That's what it stands for. Good things about. Yeah. <laughs> good things about five. Um, good things I've about heard... five. It's a prime number. You can hold it up on one hand. Yeah. Or one foot. Unless you've lost a finger to frostbite. <laughs> in which case, you can't quite get there. Unfortunate. This is a strange bit. I'm this going is a to, strange I'm bit. put it to bed. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I... Uh, I'm bad at it, but that's fine. I will just keep dying and uh, flying a helicopter is an absolute nightmare. I think in real life it's true too. Uh, y- y- yeah, I mean uh, that was not the. Uh, cue me up again. There's not the proper vision of that bit. Flying a helicopter is a nightmare in that game. No, you did it wrong. Supposed to what? just say flying helicopters an absolute nightmare. Oh, <laughs> flying a helicopter is an absolute nightmare. Yeah, well, here it is in the game too. <laughs> All right, we, we got Gage, there. Gage, leave each and every bit of that in. <laughs> I hope you can hear the, the absolute disinterest in seeing this bit through in my voice. But I did it for you, bud. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, I feel loved. I will say, this is not really a media watch what I've what, what been up to, Chives, uh, is I now have an appreciation for Tennessee whiskey. So we went to I uh, this last weekend. I went on a bachelor party with our friend Carter. Nice. Uh, and we went to a distillery. And I, prior to that, had been an Irish whiskey elitist. Because you know, even though I try not to be elitist about a lot of things, I still am an elitist about some things. I was like, Irish whiskey is like the best. Like it's, I liked it the most, and I was like, it's the smoothest. Beautiful. Generally, beast. everyone likes yeah. it. Uh, I went to a distillery, got a little history lesson on it, and it's like a small distillery that was really big right before the prohibition mm-hmm. uh long story short it was, it was history it was really good of the what what are you what are you i'm about? doing a little i'm doing a little rap over here oh like lay me down a beat Went to a distillery. I like how you barely the <laughs> You know what I mean? I have no sense of rhythm. <laughs> I grew up on Chopin. I'm just nothing but rubato. <laughs> Fair enough. So basically, this distiller, this distillery, uh, long story short, some of the big things they did uh, is they were one of the first to blend and bottle in glass bottles because uh, they found oh. out that like it was one, you know where the word blind drunk or the phrase blind drunk comes from? Uh, no. So there's a byproduct of the stilling process that creates the same smell, but is poisonous and will blind you and probably kill you. And so All people right. would trick you by having a bottle of that and sell it to you as whiskey, and uh, then you drink it and go blind drunk and then probably die. Um, and so that's why this, this company <laughs> and a few others chose glass bottles so that you could actually see what you're getting, because it wasn't the same color. Um, and they also started blending because... They realized that, like, if someone really liked a whiskey, it was really hard to do it again because you had different woods for the barrel. And yeah. you had, like, different, like, mixers and stuff like that. And so, but if you take 20 barrels and mix them all together, that's a bunch of whiskey that's the exact same. And so they started blending and stuff. And yeah. then when the guy so died, well. the guy who owned it died, he passed it to his wife. This was before Prohibition. So it was a wild thing to happen that a wife became a bu- or a woman became uh, a business owner. Yeah. She had connections in... House uh, of the Distillery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she had connections in uh, Congress, in National Congress, and and also, like, Tennessee Congress, and knew that Tennessee was going to pass Prohibition 10 years before the country did. And so what she did is she had everything stop production, bottle it all up, ship it up to Kentucky that was uh... not a Prohibition yet, sell it all off over the course of the next year, and then be done. 
And so, like, so clever. She got. They were. She was brilliant with this. Women. Uh, and then that distillery just closed. Was done even after prohibition opened. Gotta until love literally like ten years ago. Oh my goodness! Two like great great grandsons of that family just came and visited, saw their name on something, and like history had been forgotten about this distillery, oh, and so like did cool. like digging and did like the classic like in uh in uh, Stranger Things, you have like the microfilm of newspapers, oh my goodness, in, like libraries, and like they went through and found out that like uh they didn't care about recipe secrecy way back when, and there was this one guy <laughs> who would just come on distill come to the distillery every once in a while learn about the recipe and then just publish it in the newspaper. And so they had the original recipe in the newspaper, (laughs) found out it was theirs and then reopened and they started, uh, redistributing in 2018 oh it's phenomenal so it's like a really cool story behind this thing. And then also they showed us how to actually, how to chew your whiskey, which is literally you take your first drink, swish it in your mouth for like five seconds and then swallow. Yep. And then whiskey is wildly different after that. Oh. And so, like, I spent $100 at that place getting a bottle of their whiskey and, like, cups nice. and stuff like that and yeah, stuff like that. Good. So, like, I have a brand new appreciation for Tennessee whiskey. Specifically them, not Jack Daniels. I don't uh, like the mass-produced yeah, yeah, no, shit. No, Miss Market stuff, no. Um, Which, uh, let me down a beat, because I think I've got a sick rap verse coming here. <laughs> Went to Ilda Distillery. Learn me some history about the mystery, no recipe secrecy of the whiskey. Honestly, it's not the worst. Like, you kind of had that. I was, that was you, not bad. Your whole anecdote, I was just picking out words that ended in E. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to string them together in some order that was not completely nonsensical. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you have any interest in drinking uh, Irish, or not Irish, uh, Tennessee whiskey, uh, green uh, Nelson's. Greenbrier. All right. Nelson's, Nelson's Distillery uh, at Greenbrier. Hey, Nelson's Greenbrier, uh, that little rap I just did, uh, if you give me $10,000, you can use that for marketing purposes. <laughs> I think that'd Sold. be quite fun. And, like, the two guys that own it are literally, like, 30 right now. Like, nice. those are the sons. Like, they're... They they came back at like two thousand nine or something. Like they're yeah. like one of them has a history degree and one of them has a psychology degree. Like the two <laughs> most useless degrees, arguably. No offense to our friends. We have friends that have each of those. Yeah. <laughs> um they came back and they're like, Hey, we'll start a the distillery. It was awesome. Nice. So did that. Got my degrees in history, psychology, yeah, but yeah. I started a distillery, broke the secrecy at the library with the micro f- fish. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Micro fish? Micro fish? <laughs> micro fish. Like, not fish. Fish. M-I-C-R-O-F-I-C-H-E. It's a thing. Oh, I don't know. It's a thing. I don't care that much. Ah. Uh... So yeah, that's all. That's the thing. I also have been watching Daredevil because I uh, saw a clip of Daredevil in She-Hulk um, kicking oh, somebody, no. like just doing his like kick, yeah. and it was like a good kick. Like, yeah. it, was, right. it was the kick. Good form. And I was like, cool. I want to watch that. And so I went to uh, watch literally only the episode of She-Hulk that he's in, <laughs> just to see what he's like. Um, he's. I need to go back and watch it again. Okay. To make sure I'm not claiming this uh, unfairly, he seemed more superhuman than mm. he was in Daredevil. I am realizing in Daredevil he is a little oh, yeah, superhuman, a little bit. So I may need to go back and like see those scenes. But I'm talking like he was like jumping higher than a human should, uh, like jumping, not like parkouring like no, better than like a human should. Spring, literally like leaping leap. into the air. Yeah, like the leaper kind of jumping yeah. um he's bitter boy and he's also like really quirky and goofy like he makes a lot of jokes uh-huh. and like they have sex and then he does like the um uh walk of shame where he's like in bare feet holding his boots and, like says good morning to a lady walking her dog like it it's not the same daredevil as the netflix's daredevil and so to cleanse my palate i started watching daredevil <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need to watch that right now. Uh, and so I am halfway through it. And I texted you a couple things. One, forgot 
I knew like it, it was one of those things like this happens to me a lot where like I remember that it's good. I know that it's good. Oh, but you don't but I remember, don't remember how, good, how good that freaking show is. Oh. And then for some disrespectful bitch ass reason of me, I forgot <laughs> Rosario Dawson was in this and she is amazing in this oh, show. Oh, she's phenomenal. Holy shit. That, that fight in the taxi bay when the when yeah. looks at the lights and she starts cackling. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Chill's just thinking about it, mate. God, like, the the scene... Uh, I can't even say any given scene. Like, every single scene that she's in is just so good. Yeah. I... Oh, God. And it's not like the scenes she's not in are not good, but oh, she, like, she yeah. elevates it beyond... Just, I think I, I came up with an analogy for the way this show feels, this season feels, because it, like, you start off and you know nothing. There is, like, except that he's blind. Yeah. And then you start learning a little bit, like, ah, oh, there's things going on. Ah, oh, there's, like, something going on with this thing. And then, ah, oh, like, you find out, like, the corruption. And, like, you, like, what I pictured going through this, like, kind of, like, wiping the the information from my brain to watch the show again. Mm-hmm. Um you know those foam pits? They're like little foam cubes about like eight inches, like where you like jump into it and like trampoline things. You ever been in one of those? What? Have you never been in a foam pit? It's like a pit with like filled with little like cute foam cubes. It's like a bull pit, but lima. Eh, I mean, it's like the intent <laughs> is that like you jump into it, like you like, do like these trampolines like, trampoline and stuff okay. like that. Um, anyone who's been in one knows how ungodly awful they are to get out of because they're foam so like they squish in you can't yeah. really get grip on anything so it's like really hard to get through it's like being in one of those like under and like trying to get out but like you don't know where the surface is <laughs> and so like it's every step of the way that like matt takes to try to uncover something he finds there's more yeah. and he's working against like he thinks he knows what he's working against. And they kind of like, they have the enemy, like the, these antagonists laugh it in his face about it multiple times. Yeah. Where they're like, uh, someone says something about like the Japanese and he's like, the Japanese are involved. And the guy's like, you don't know anything. <laughs> and like, it's that it's like, he's trying to figure out what's going on. But like, there is so much above him that he doesn't know is there. The stuff he's trying to deal with right now is hard enough to get through on its own. Yeah. But he just, every step he takes, there is so much more that just piles on him. And it, like, it feels like that watching this show. You're, like, every step of the way, you're, like, there is so much to this. And I love the moment where he decides to, like, because for the first half of the show, it's him just trying to be Daredevil. Like, he's just like, I'm going to take this on with my fists just gonna go pinch things and um, hope things work out it's the moment when foggy and uh and karen are telling him about this stuff and he knows that he knows the other side of it and he goes yeah. this is the time that i need to take this on with two different pads yeah. and so he's like and so and that's when you get the actual proper like what makes daredevil appealing mm-hmm. is doing it both the legal and the vigilante way yeah. he is both law and, and order. order and executioner <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it's just oh god it's such a good show i know i'm i know season two is is good it's not it's, nearly on the level yeah, it's a step down but it's not yeah. a significant step down. yeah but honestly like because we've talked about this. You prefer season one over season three. Yeah. I prefer season three over season one. But really, the difference for both of us is so minuscule. It's pretty minuscule. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am just so excited to get to season three. I'm, like, every single, like, every, like, 30 minutes or so, I just remember the, <laughs> you know exactly what I know, about. I know what you're about to talk about. <laughs> the, like, the, uh, him on the bed, and then the sit-up, and it's upside down, and it's just, like, uh, that that killed me when it happened the first time, yeah. and I had to go back and watch it multiple times, yeah. and I'm just like, I cannot wait to see Dex again. Yeah. It's just, it's Dex. so much fun between the two of them. Dex. Um, good old Dex. Dex. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll talk about it more, I'll probably be all the way through the whole show, because I binged, uh, I'm on episode nine in two days. Yeah, <laughs> so, so it's, uh, it's an easy show to do that with. Yep. Especially the with Caleb devil being... trying to get on the level of the evil Wilson Fisk Davis Bevel. Sure. 
but also in <laughs> She-Hulk, they uh, played the theme a little bit. I didn't know that. Because, <sighs> like, uh, he's got this theme that plays when he's doing things in it uh, that's kind of like uh, um, Winter Soldiery. Uh-huh. It's like kind of that technical, like, intimidating. And I'm like, I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, all right. Being the new theme. Yeah. Um, but, like, she was like, what are you? Like, the, like, horn, you got horns or whatever. Are you horny and he, guy? And he's like... It like it does this kind of like pause with the his original music playing behind. He's like, "I'm Daredevil." And Get on like, my level, <laughs> Davis Bevel. Well, it's just like that's a uh, fine. Like I feel like Daredevil doesn't really care about being Daredevil. Like he never says, "Yeah, he's I'm not Daredevil. the only Batman kind of guy." Yeah, no. Like I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't like the way that he was in She-Hulk, and I really hope that that's not what they're going to do with Born Again, because Born Again is a reboot of the universe. It's not a continuation of that universe. Yeah, and which so, is probably appropriate, because, I mean... They don't really have much to, more to do. They yeah. used his two main villains already. Yeah, so, they, can, they can do some other stuff, but... We'll see. We'll um, see. I just really hope they're not going to make him goofy. It's okay. We have three good seasons of him. It's true. We can just stick with that. Yeah. They're not. They're not ruining somebody no i can also go back and watch season one again yep doing it right now good shit shall we we shouts thanks everyone for listening thanks everyone for putting up with my obnoxious accent yeah honestly props to you for you didn't slip up once i was like waiting to, unless i didn't notice one Mine? like i was waiting to pounce on it you did a couple times uh kind of inch over to uh um sorcerer stone daniel radcliffe yeah, it's kind of my go-to British accent. <laughs> the uh, the first time I can ever remember doing a British accent in my life was doing impressions of Daniel Radcliffe in Sorcerer's Stone when I was like six. Yeah. I'm Harry. <laughs> <laughs> you were like a little bit there and you were a little bit um, uh, Finnie, no, Finnegan, Finnick, Phineas? What's Phineas? the What's the other kid in who like hates him for like a little bit in Goblet of Fire? God. Cedric? No, Cedric? Seamus? Seamus. Seamus Finnegan. Seamus Finnegan. Yeah. yeah. With the Scottish accent. There's something he said, like, that you, something that you said that, like, made me think of him eh. in, like, um, Chamber of Secrets. Okay. But, I, I can live with that. Yeah. It's not a, it's, it's a work in progress, but there are, there's certain words that trip me up. Yep. And, of course, the, the whole picture is not particularly effective. But, That's true. Um, I feel good about it. I yeah. think it's a solid effort. Well, I'll see how I do next time. Just got to test yourself now and do it in your normal, like, tone with the accent. I can't. I have to do this weird little nasal voice. <laughs> you got to do the gr- uh, the cord. Yeah? Yep. Yeah, that's how it started. Um, mostly I've improved it by watching H2O. <laughs> <laughs> it's a solid show. There's a bunch of goofy romps and shenanigans. <laughs> no, it's, it's entirely fine. You, you, you're shaking your head over there like you don't believe me, but it's 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 pretty solid. I'll buy it. Well, that's uh, your problem then. You're missing out on all that quality content. I think you should stop watching dude. No, I can't even get that out with a straight face. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, check us out on... Uh, well, if you're listening to this, then you found somewhere to listen to us. But uh, if you prefer somewhere else, we are on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio and iTunes. We're on Podbean. We're on... Presumably n- numerous other places. We're on a lot of places. Yeah, RSS feeds. Deezer. I don't know what it is. These are nuts, but it's actually a real thing called Deezer. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> it's old and gratuitous, but, you know, I'll go with it. Uh, you can check us out on Deezer on uh, Facebook, where we sort of exist nominally. Uh, we have a Twitter, at JustUsLosersPod. Uh, we have an Instagram, at JustUsLosersPod as well. Uh, nothing interesting has happened there in a couple of years, but you could check out Pristin's Dune graphic yeah. from a couple of years ago. It's probably still near the top of our little Instagram there. Pretty awesome thing. I do say so, is it? If we ever start getting a following, I'll start doing those things again. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's on you, listeners. Tell your friends. Uh, check us out on TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod, where I am really intrigued to see if Gage can salvage any of this uh, accent for usable purposes there. Yeah, you may have, you may have screwed us on that one. Yeah, it'll be fine. 
He'll do my little rip. It'll be delightful. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, look forward to next week when we'll have some news and we'll probably have a Black Adam review for you next time. Oh, my goodness. We're going to have a busy... What you've been up to, because we're going to have Black Adam, we're going to have Rings of Power, we're going to have House of the Dragon. It's going to be intense. Lots of things to talk about. We don't have much news, we may have to do kind of a news and review, and then what you've been up to. Compare and contrast the, the fantasy shows, yeah, that might be the plan. Alright, well, we'll uh, look forward to how that comes, but yeah, look forward to our reactions there. Uh, we'll probably say some suitably racist things about Rings of Power, um, and uh, House of the Dragon as well. It'll be a good time. So, look forward to the racism. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, we better put this episode out of its misery. So, thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.